0: Live from the Business Radio X studio, welcome to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett, your source for inspiring stories of busy people who have made more time to do what they love. Now, here's your host, Julie Hullett.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My guest today is one unique individual, Jamie Cox. I say unique because Jamie has figured out how to try many things without being emotionally invested, and make a living doing exactly what she wants. Forgive me for using the vernacular here, but Jamie is a brand strategist who works with businesses to give them meaningful connection to their clientele. She recently founded Strange Salt, a creative collective that brings creative entrepreneurs together to build brands for small businesses. Jamie describes herself as a serial hobbyist. Just wait till you hear some of the things she has tried, from baking to rug making to inflatable chairs. Very interesting things. She and her husband, Corey, love travel, food, and beer. She is my people. She's also a spin coach, and I'm c- convinced there's not a lot she won't try. Welcome, Jamie. We're glad you're here today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So
0: let's just jump right in. You grew up in Indiana, correct? Yes, in southeastern Indiana near Cincinnati in a town no one's ever heard of.
1: <laughs> and that's right in the middle of the heartland. And I believe it's Bloomington.
0: That's where you went to school. But where did you grow up? Yeah, so I went to college in Bloomington at Indiana University. I grew up um, in a really small town called V B. It's spelled like Vivay, Switzerland, V E V A Y. Okay. Um, Vivi, Indiana, which is in Switzerland County. So it's a Swiss settled town.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yes.
1: And I read somewhere, no, actually, I heard you talk uh, on a creative morning show and you mentioned that you had a very normal family. So what exactly do you mean
0: by that? <laughs> yeah, uh so I grew up uh with I have two older sisters, I'm the youngest of three. Um and my parents um were both are are both in my life currently um and they everybody had very typical um we we just grew up to be like functioning adults. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> is the, the exception I can put
0: <laughs> right like my parents are they're great and they were just so great at telling us um you know, teaching us how to work and teaching us what was important um both my sisters are uh my one sister is a physical therapist um, my other sister has a PhD in biology so we were just like raised to work and be successful and we knew what was expected of us and I am forever grateful for that um mm-hmm. My dad worked for the federal government for 39 years. My mom was a librarian. So it's just like, I felt, I feel like it was very just textbook 90s family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did any of your family members ever give you some advice that's really proven to be important in your life today? Um,
0: I I can't, I won't say like specific advice because I just can't. I don't think I can remember, but so I grew up on a cattle farm and so my dad worked for the government, but also had a hobby farm, which was a little bit more than a hobby farm. Like it was (laughs) our lifestyle, (laughs) Um, but I think, um, just seeing him work and then what his expectations of me and my sisters were to help him. Like we would haul hay bales and feed bottle calves, Like my, pride in my work I think comes from being around him um and also just being again like that was expected of me but it was never um I don't know it was fun though it it was a fun Mm -hmm. a fun way to spend your childhood just running around 300 acres of land getting into trouble
1: (laughs) (laughs) and creating the (laughs) expectation of a great work ethic obviously yes
0: yeah yeah and like we were literally keeping Animals alive. So, you know, they depended on us. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did
1: you get from there to Nashville and then to a solopreneur? I mean, first of all, what define a solopreneur
0: for our audience? Yeah. So, um, I call myself a solopreneur and I like to work with solopreneurs. And as far as what that means, it is you're a one person show. Um, and it's kind of also the mentality that you will in this business always be a one person show. Like I'm not we can get into work a little bit more, but um with the my work that I do as Jamie Cox, I'm not trying to bring anybody else in on that. I'm striving to work one on one with business owners. So that's kind of how I picture and describe being a solopreneur. Okay. Um it's a special place. But um yeah, I moved to Nashville um in I think it was 2013, maybe 2014. Um, And I actually moved here to get married. Uh, My husband and I had, uh, we've been together for since 2010. Um, And we did long distance for three or four years. So I was living in Bloomington. Um, He was living in Memphis for part of the time. He had moved to Nashville. He was slowly moving up toward me. Uh, and so I decided to meet him halfway and we decided we were going to live in Nashville. So when I finished school, I moved here, um, to Nashville and we've been here ever since. It's great. Cause it's right between both of our families. He's from Mississippi originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a good, a good spot. He was in music at the time. He's not anymore, but it made sense, um, to move here. And then the longer we've stayed here, it's just made even more sense.
1: That's great. That's interesting that you had long distance. Some people um, do long distance and then when they're living in the same city, it just doesn't seem to work anymore. So good for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a, um, it was like a good thing for us. I think too, we were just both able, we were both at an age where we like needed to live our own lives for a while too, but Mm -hmm. we were still, you know, we were together when we were together and it was great to have somebody to like drive and meet and go to a music festival with, it was like a very adventurous relationship for us when we were dating. So
1: it was fun. When you still have that because you travel a lot and try new things and new places. So that's good. Yes. I feel like it set the tone
0: for our future.
1: Yeah. That's a good way (laughs) to put it. Now, breaking down more of the industry vocabulary for people, what is a creative
0: collective? Yeah. So um, I started Strange Saw as a creative collective because I had worked in marketing agencies before. Um, and so within a typical marketing agency, you'll have um, you know the agency owner or the CEO, somebody at the top. And then you have people that they either have working full time or um, their contract with them and they are accountable to those employees. So they'll have employees that are doing the work. Um so I started the creative collective because I love the idea of working with people. I didn't love the idea of working for someone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so I started the creative Amen. collective yes with hopes of bringing um other creative people together that did work that maybe I didn't do or that I wasn't as interested in doing. So I'm more interested in the brand strategy piece than brand identity for example. So I looked for brand identity designers to bring into the fold so we could pitch bigger projects together so that brand identity designer isn't as interested in the strategy piece but understands mm-hmm. the importance. so we can come together, work together and collaborate to make a great product. Um, but we also have our own businesses going. We're not um, we're not like uh, responsible for each other's work as far as you know if they get a job, I'm not expected to be in it if I get a job, they're not expected to be in it. So it's just and um when we have the opportunity, we work together and if it makes sense.
1: Yeah. And and complementary skills, which is great to have, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. I want to talk about Strange Salt. I realized I'd never ask you this question. I want to know where the name came from. And let me tell you, when I first hear it, I think about a sci fi movie or cooking, baking, maybe. (laughs) Which, in your case, both fit, but tell me how you came up with the name.
0: Yeah, so um, I actually had um, a a personal client that I was doing kind of one-on-one work with um, call me strange one time, and I thought that was funny, um, (laughs) because they didn't mean it in a negative way. They said, I actually told them I was just very honest with them and I was like I don't think that I'm the person you need for this job. Like I I really appreciate, you know, you you trusting me and you supporting me, but I think there are better people out there suited for this work. And they said, "Well, aren't you strange?" And they I think they called me a strange woman. And I said I said, "Oh, how, what do you mean?" And they were like, "Well, most people would just kind of do the work, even though they didn't, even though they knew that they weren't the best fit because they saw it as a paycheck. And I thought, oh yeah, no, that's not me. If I'm not interested in something, I'm not doing it. Like it's a hundred percent or nothing for me. So that, that word strange always stuck with me there. And then, um, in all honesty, I love Cheetos. (laughs) I just love, I love how salty they are. So I was like, I, I was all around these, like, other words. I was like orange dust thinking of other names that this could be. And I was like, what about salty? And I'm kind of salty. Like I'm, I'm pretty sarcastic. Um, mm-hmm. and, but also again, I just love salty foods. So, uh, strange salt was born. Sometimes a name is just a, just a name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's a cheetah obviously. Yes. <laughs> now are your clients, um, in mostly in middle Tennessee or across the country or the globe or what's your scope there?
0: Yeah. So, um, we work with clients all over the country right now. So, um, we, I feel like naturally most of us are based in Nashville since I'm in Nashville and the people I work with are usually people I've met in various phases of life. Um, whether that was through previous roles or networking events. Um, so I think because they're in Nashville, we naturally get more middle Tennessee area clients. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, as you know, referrals are kind of everything in like the service industry, the the service provider business, because, you know, a client in Nashville might have a sister or a cousin or a friend in California that just moved there and is starting a business. So we've seen that expand, um, And I personally have seen that happen. Also, just because I started my business during the pandemic, when location did not matter, Mm -hmm. um, I I started gravitating toward a lot of clients in California or my even my hometown. I have a client that lives there, so um, that when you removed location and like office, like having a physical office, um, I feel like it opened a lot of doors. Well, good. That's excellent
1: one of the things I admire about you as I've gotten to know you is your curiosity. So if you could get an answer to just one of life's questions, just one, what would it be?
0: (laughs) Oh, you know, I would love to know what my dogs are thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I, I spend a lot of time at home. I spend a lot of time with my dogs and I love my dogs. And I always am just so curious. Like, yeah what are they what are they thinking especially when I leave like I'm coming back why are you so stressed like I would just love to know
1: (laughs) okay then well that's good out of all of life's questions I'm I'm glad to know I feel
0: you know that's important to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) not what I was expecting but then again maybe so (laughs) Um, All right. You have two companies, a husband, Mm -hmm. two dogs, you teach spin classes, and I believe you've tried at least 2000 hobbies, right? Yes. Okay. At least. (laughs) And in that same talk I referenced earlier on creative mornings, I heard you say that you're not emotionally attached to those hobbies, meaning that you can let them go if they're not perfect or if they just aren't you so talk about that a little bit especially for our listeners that are perfectionist and think that if they try something and it doesn't work out that that's a failure and how how do you work around that
0: yeah um so i i like to think of hobbies the way that i think about like reading books there's there are way too many books in the world for me to ever read in my lifetime and i feel that way about hobbies too and it's like why am i getting so attached to something that, um, I don't really like, like my time here is limited. Mm -hmm. So why not explore other things that I like? And sometimes they do stick and I do become invested in them in a certain way, like baking, cooking, for example, those are two things that I feel like will always be in my life, not just Mm -hmm. because I have to cook to eat, but because I actually enjoy it. I mean, I could easily, I could easily order a meal planning service and my, my, Lifestyle might change a little bit, but that element that I love so much, which is like standing over the stove after work, and kind of that's my decompression time. Mm-hmm. So, there are some hobbies that I think I stick with. There are others that I'm just like, you know, I don't want to waste any more energy on this uh, because it's just not working out. And there are other <laughs> things out there I want to try. Or sometimes I am also in just the, in the phases of life, it's like, oh, this is actually time consuming. Um, and it's not for me right now, but even if I, if I do like it enough, I know it will come back to me. So for example, I was super into, um, punch needle, which is like rug making. You take Mm -hmm. a little needle and yeah. Um, so that is time consuming though. And it takes a lot of concentrated energy because I have to know what my kind of plan is for the rest of the piece. Um, and patience. Yes. And patience. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of, it's a lot of little tiny work, but, um, but that for me, I, it was a good time for me or a good thing for me when times were slow. And then when things got busy, it wasn't. So I was like, okay, I'm going to set this aside. I'm going to keep all the stuff I bought for it. It's in a cabinet. Um, and one day I'll come back to it. I know I will. And do you think you might ever revisit
1: rug making, which I read was a flop?
0: So that was, um, that was, that started because the punch needle, I'm like, oh, this is how you make a rug. Ah. I do, I do feel like I will revisit it with (laughs) the appropriate tools. I was going to make a whole one by hand, which would have taken a long time and probably not, would have not been as sturdy as I wanted it to. So I think I'm going to get a tufting gun eventually. That's kind of my dream.
1: And I know from my personal experience, you're an excellent baker. I know you're an avid reader. What What do you think, which hobby do you think truly gives you the most
0: joy? Um, I definitely think, I, I think um, cooking specifically, I love baking, but I think I'm actually cooking my way through a few cookbooks right now. And it's kind of a fun, um, the cookbooks I usually pick out have some story to them. So it's like a, it marries a lot of different things I like to do. So there's like storytelling um, and that reading component. There's also mm-hmm. like um, trying new things, just like I was looking at a recipe in this Indian cookbook I'm doing. Um, that's like soft, soft shell crab. And I was like, Oh, I don't think I've ever cooked that. So it's just trying something new. And then it's also cooking. So I love, I love that hobby. I think, and I, like I said, I think it will be the one that's in my life the longest.
1: Okay. With all the activity, what would you like to share with people about how you can prioritize things so you get to maintain balance and try different things?
0: Yeah. Um, So I keep a very, um, I'm like hard and fast by my calendar. So on usually like Saturday or Sunday night, I'll look ahead on my calendar and kind of figure out, okay, what nights don't I have anything going on? Mm -hmm. I would like to keep it that way. So if somebody texts me or calls me and says like, Hey, do you want to grab a drink after work? Or do you have time today? I try to set those clear boundaries that like, no, I do have time, but that time is for me. Um, so, so keeping that time to myself and then, but filling it with things that I like to do. So for example, cooking after work that day or, um, sometimes there's like just a documentary that I want to watch and I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this on that day. So I try to just, um, yeah, keep some rules around my calendar so it doesn't get out of control. And so that I always have time for myself, even if it's just like an hour in the evening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Excellent. That's a good tip. (laughs) <laughs> scheduling scheduling time for yourself. I mean, who would think you'd ever have to do that? But we do these days. I know. Especially. Otherwise
0: it gets out of control, especially if you're like sharing calendars with like your significant other or friends. It's like easy to see, seem like your calendar's open when it's really not.
1: Yeah, exactly. In the two years we've known each other, um, I've had a couple of brainstorming sessions with you, which I have absolutely loved. And I want to do another one really soon because <laughs> It's so fun. Jamie and I'll sit around and she'll say, Oh, we could do this, or I'll say, Oh, we could do this, or how about this? And one thing leads to another, which on my own, I don't know that I would sit around and do that. But you definitely inspire me to think creatively. Your mind seems to go like a million miles a minute, and you you live life on the go quite a bit, you know, from what you've described with your husband and travel and music and weekend guests and all that. So can you do nothing? Can you absolutely do nothing?
0: I, um, I feel like yes, because I love doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because I think because I'm so on the move and like my brain is going a lot of the time. Um, I always, actually, we drove, we were in Cincinnati this weekend, visiting my family. And when we got back, I was like, I'm just going to lay in bed awake, not asleep, just lay in bed. And I just stared at the ceiling for a while for probably like 30 minutes and I was like okay that was the rest I needed before I now we're gonna go do something else. Um, so I feel like in short bursts I can do nothing. Um, I'm not like a you know when you go on vacation I'm not like a, I can sit on the beach for hours and hours there's just there's other things that I want to do but when I'm at home in a place that's comfortable and I know there's like nothing to be done like I don't feel like there's other people telling me to do things or asking me for something, that's when I can truly do nothing.
1: Well, that is a gift because a lot of people can't be still for five minutes, much less 30 minutes. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) In all the things that we've talked about today, I'd just like to let the listeners know, Jamie, her creativity, her sense of adventure. She's also a very thoughtful friend. One time we were having a conversation about baking with cherries, and I had found a cherry pitter, which was a life-changing event. And the next time I saw her, she brought me a huge piece of homemade cherry pie. It was so good. And it probably really was two pieces, but in my mind, it was one, and I ate the whole thing, and it was fabulous. So,
0: Hey, that's fine.
1: I'm just so glad you kept that baking hobby. So thank you for that. Okay. We are going to jump in here and do a lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. All right. Always. Coffee or tea?
0: Coffee.
1: Window or aisle? Window. Dinner in or dinner out? Dinner out. Staycation or vacation? Vacation. Introvert
0: or extrovert? You know... I think I lived a long time thinking I was an extrovert <laughs> and I actually talking about that nothing time. I think I'm a little bit of like a, an introverted extrovert. That's what okay. I call myself and okay. best of both worlds
1: <laughs> and self-aware. I might add yes. right. mountains or beach.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I think I'm going to go mountains, not a fan of sand, sand. Okay. Mm-mm. All right.
1: And if you had a time machine, what decade would you like to visit?
0: I know you were going to ask this and I've thought about it a lot. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think I would go to like the seventies or like late seventies, early eighties. I really want to hang out with my mom when she was like in the seventies. She just, she's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you can only imagine then, right? Yes. And her fashion sense was just impeccable. So I would Excellent. love some tips from her.
1: Okay. Good to know. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, to wrap up, please tell people where they can connect with you online.
0: Yeah, so you can find um, Strange Salt at Strangesalt.com and you can find us on all the social channels from there. And then you can find me personally on Instagram. Um, it's J-M-E-R Cox.
1: Okay, thank you again so much. Thanks for having me, Julie. All right. I'd like to close now uh, with a tip for you all. It's a time-saving tip to help you make the most of your free time this month. Before you start your next project, be it a home renovation or a company-wide presentation, ask yourself why you're interested in taking on the project. How will completing the project serve you? When you understand the why behind the work you do, the project will become more meaningful. You'll have more motivation to pull through when times get tough, or you'll become so stressed out about the work you can't stand it. If you can't find a good reason to take on a project and you have the opportunity to pass on it, consider how you could use that time to do something you care about. Thank you all again for listening. For those of you that are just dying to ask me a question, please connect with me via LinkedIn or Instagram. I answer every message. See you next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett. This show is brought to you by Julie Hullett Concierge LLC, a personal concierge service in Nashville, Tennessee. Learn more at juliehullett.com.